Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our soon-coming King, we worship you. Father, I thank you that the Lion of the tribe of Judah resides on the inside of us, individually and corporately as a church. Father, my prayer is this morning that that Lion will rise up. A spirit of boldness in the days ahead. That, Lord God, will get out of our head and into the Spirit. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, that you will open our spiritual eyes to see, grasp and understand who we are in Christ Jesus. That our strength and our ability does not depend upon ourselves, but upon Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray, Spirit of God, stir up the gifts within your people in the days ahead to step out of the boat and will not sink, but we will float because our eyes are on Jesus. So, Father, we worship you today. We honor you. And I thank you, Lord God, that that same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead quicken our mortal bodies this day and every day in Jesus' name. Now, let's keep worshiping. Repentance 
your mercy that taught me forgiveness and it's your love it's never ending that's my father you are good if that's my father you are good thank you Jesus King, our Lord and Savior. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for opening our eyes to see and our ears to hear what you're speaking to the church in this new season. And thank you, Lord, we're willing and we will be obedient to do whatever you call us to do in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said amen. Amen. You may be Praise God. This morning I realized with the weather and, you know, when you want to do something special, which we wanted to do today, and we will, and we're going to have Pastor Brad share some things that's important. But I'm glad you're here, and uh, it's important. What we're going to do, Kathy's not going to receive this offering today. We're just going to quickly receive this morning's tithes and offerings. So if you need an envelope for your giving, raise your hand, and at the end of the year we'll be able to give you an amount take it to the account.
I will mention every week you'll have a review back there. If you missed a service, this is number three. You can pick it up. If you don't care, don't pick it up. Amen? If you care, you'll pick it up. I guess I can't sit down yet, can I? I tell you, people, we're in a new season. Things are changing for the better. So don't listen to the news. It's all going to come out all right. Amen? Amen. This morning, Pastor Brad's going to minister. And this is important. And some of you might not have heard helps of helps ministry but it's in the bible amen and some of you probably have not had the delightful opportunity to hear me preach and i'll just get it out of the way so you can lighten up and loosen up i make a lot of wisecracks i just can't help it it's just the way i'm wired so it's okay we can laugh in church yes yes she's she even in here she must be off of serving and help somewhere. All right, turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I have taught on helps a lot of times over the years, and there is a lot of scripture on helps. But today we want to get to some of the nuts and bolts of helps. And so I'm not going to spend a ton of time going through scripture, but I'll give you a bunch of scripture. And if you're a looker-upper, you can check them out later and you'll see what I'm talking about. But 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I believe verse 28 is where we want to be. This entire chapter is about the body of Christ and, in a sense, about helps. And the giftings that God gives people individually to make up a body. So let's look at verse 28 in chapter 12 in 1 Corinthians. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and after that miracles, then gift of healings, and then what's that one? Helps, 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 administrations, variety of tongues. It's in there. So that's my point out of this. And if you go through this entire chapter of 12, and we're going to reference it a lot, but I encourage you to sit down and read it after today. But it talks about the necessity of everybody doing their part. A body doesn't function very well if it has missing parts. So crew joke number one. Are you ready? Here we go. go. I have missing body parts, right? So I can talk about, I can make jokes about myself. So everybody relax. It's just about me. So when the body parts or certain parts of the body, and we're talking about the body of Christ, of course, aren't in place, aren't doing their part, aren't willing, or won't step up to the plate and get involved, then other parts suffer and lack and have to make up the difference. For just a real quick crude example, if, if you throw a needle or something on the ground, not a carpet surface, but a hard surface, and you tell me to pick that up, we're going to be there a while. I'm going to struggle with that. It doesn't work very well with out a fingernail or a thumbnail and things of that nature, generally my left hand has to come get involved and I'm trying to do it with two fingers of things of that nature. Now, I'll get it off the ground, don't get me wrong, because I'm stubborn, I'll make sure it happens, but 
my entire left hand has to get involved. So a whole other body part has to come across and function to help that missing part get going. If it was just there, I've tried miracle Grow, I've tried all these other things, don't, no. It's been a long time. I don't remember what it's like now. It's just the way it is. But just saying, it's a crude example, but it's a very perfect example of when the people don't get involved and do their part, aren't willing to get involved in helps ministry, then the rest of the body suffers. And that's what 1 Corinthians talks a lot, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks a lot about, about how the different body parts aren't getting involved and, and aren't doing their part. For example, do we want pastor in there changing diapers on a Sunday morning? Or would we prefer he's out here? How about throughout the week? Do we want him cleaning the church and mowing the lawn and scooping the snow? And he does a lot of these things, no matter how hard we fight him to stop. He still does. But I want him, and this is maybe just me, I want him in the book, studying the word, and I especially desire to have him praying for me and praying for the body, and seeking God, and seeing what would God have Harvest Church do. And could you imagine if pastor wasn't praying in this season right now? We'd be like a lot of churches that are just going on like nothing's happened. There'd be a lot of, there's a lot of churches out there that are completely missing the upcoming revival and the great and grandiose move of God that's about to hit this earth. And I'll bet you when it hits, <clears throat> a lot of them churches will fight it. They'll argue that it's not God. They'll call it hypocrisy. They'll do all these things to shut it down because it, they're not involved. And then they'll, then they'll start to realize they screwed up and then fight it harder and fight it harder. And what good is that going to do? So thank God we have a pastor that prays. Thank God we have a pastor that's putting his nose in the book. And thank God he teaches and preaches us the word, the uncompromised word of God. That's what he needs to be doing not the other things. That's our part. That's where we step in. And that's where we step up to the plate and do these things. And even if, you know, one other thing to point out too is, is in there, it talks about apostles and prophets and evangelists and teachers and all these things that we would put a high and mighty label on or leadership label on, and rightfully so. But did you notice it's listed right in there with it? Helps and administrations and all these other things are right in there with it. So it's real easy for me to go, well, God doesn't see a difference. Whether you're standing up here preaching the word of God or you're out there mowing the lawn, does that, does that mean God thinks this is better than that? Nope. Now, I understand there's different functions and that I get that. But there is a grace and an anointing to stand up here and preach. There is a grace and anointing to get on that lawnmower. And I've experienced that. I, when I first started coming to church here, I've, I've done just about everything out here. And I just kind of keep moving around. I mean, I'm messing with your kids now and screwing them all up. To, no. We're preaching them the word. We're teaching them the word. But I can remember mowing the lawn out here years ago and just having the time of my life. Because God's all over it. If you will look for that. If you will grab a hold of that and if you will realize that you know oh, I'm, I'm not nothing special I just mow out at church you know no big deal well that's what are you expecting nothing special you'll get it but if you know that you're coming out here to serve the Lord and God has called you to serve him 
at whatever capacity that might be, he will grace you, he will anoint you, and he will bless you. You know, as, as I've gotten the opportunity to step into a, a pastor-type role, the blessings of God haven't changed in my life. He's always been a blessing to me. And he's going to always be a blessing to me. And, and so it's just, it's a mindset that we have, and we do it because of the world. You have all these tears and achievements and landmarks and thresholds and things like that. Well, hooey on that. Again, I understand there's leadership and things like that, and we, we honor that. But that doesn't mean that someone's more special to God than another person. That has never been his forte, and it will never be his forte. And so we, we got to understand that even if we don't know what we're supposed to do, some of you know what you're supposed to do here at Harvest Church. You know your function, and you're, you're operating in that. Some of you might not. Some of you might be fumbling your way through that. Some of you might be looking to get involved. But even if you don't know what you're supposed to do, just get in there and do something. And I'll help you with that. I'll find you a spot. There's always something that we can do. And, and when you get in there and start operating that, regardless of where you're at, even if it's not your true blue calling in life, God's going to bless it. God's going to honor. And that's getting you in position so you can be used. You can be moved into that true blue calling. <clears throat> Excuse me. When I first started coming to church here, I had no idea someday I'd be standing here preaching to you. No way, no how. And if you'd have told me that, I'd have laughed at you and said, you're crazy, and I'd probably have hiked up and headed on out of here. That's just not how it works. God will work you into them things. But I just wanted to be involved. I didn't care how. Again, I mowed. I helped with the children's, or I'm sorry, the youth ministry. I helped with cleaning. If there was ever a work day, I was here. I mean, if the doors were open, I was here because I wanted to be involved. That's all that mattered to me. I didn't care what it was. And... I know that that's helped set up things to get them in position. So don't be afraid if you don't know what you're supposed to do or what your calling specifically is or whether you should be in the children's ministry or, or on a worship team or in the sound booth. You know, that's what we're here for. That's why we're doing what we're doing today is to start help kind of establishing some of that stuff. Okay, do I have any idea where I'm at in my notes? Probably not. <clears throat> and, and on that same line, you know, this whole chapter in 1 Corinthians 12, there's a big portion of it that talks about those parts that seem lesser important. There's a greater honor that goes on to them in a sense of making up for what we would call a lack in, in honor. You know, there's an honor placed on the pastor. There's an honor placed on the apostle and things of that nature, but it doesn't seem very glamorous to be back there changing baby butts, does it? <laughs> I like to have the kids in here. At least they give me a little attention. You guys could laugh once in a while. At least kids do, so that's good. Anyway, it doesn't seem like a very glamorous job, does it? But like I've said before, if all those little babies were in here right now, screaming, hollering, fussing, definitely the parents aren't going to get a chance to hear this message. And more than likely, everyone around them aren't going to get to hear this message. And it'll just, it just becomes a distraction. And that's all right. That's what kids are for. I mean, they do that. And we're not saying that we don't ever want your kids around. Just, you know, leave them at home, you know. But no, just it gives us the opportunity to feed by calm, still waters and not distracted and, and worried. And gosh, is he ever going to quit preaching so he can get this kid out of here and get him some food or whatever it might be, right? So thank God we have Ellen Nutter back there this morning. She must not have her speaker on. Hi, Ellen. 
Thank you for serving this morning. <laughs> I don't know if she's got the speaker on in there. She's probably trying to tune me out. Okay, so moving on. It all boils down to an attitude of heart. So, you know, you might come on a Sunday morning, and Ellen could have came this morning and said, ah, geez, I got to serve in the nursery this morning. I don't get to be in service. I got to deal with these screaming, whining kids and dirty diapers and yada, yada, yada. Or she could have came to church this morning. You know what? I got to be in nursery today. I got to be around all them little kids full of life, and I get a chance to bless them and bless their parents. Make sense? We'll get into that just a little bit more later. So let's get right into the nuts and bolts of this thing. Um, Can I pick on you guys, ushers? She's got a thing there. There's two different piles. Every person gets one of each. So if one of you distributes one way and the other one distributes the other way. Yeah, I'm not handing out the papers because of that. Give everybody a second to get one of these. You don't need to fill it out right now. Please don't fill it out right now. And another mission, once these are done, I forgot to round up pens this morning. Guys, I wonder if once you guys are done handing those out, if maybe somebody checked the usher's office. I think there's a bunch of pens in there in case people need them. But don't hand them out yet because... I don't want you filling them out just yet. Okay. Those of you that have been here for a while, you've seen these before. They're nothing special and grandiose. It's just an opportunity to collect a little information from you. Those of you that are new, this is a great chance for us to get a little information out of you. Because if you absolutely just can't function in certain areas, the last thing I want to do is shove you in there and make you miserable. You know, common sense is common sense. We're not going to purposely put you into some spot that you just aren't going to function in at all. And we've had times over the years where people have been serving in an area for quite a few years, and the graces ran out. It's time to do something different. And we've had people shift around, and it was a blessing to everybody. It just really worked out great. And so this is an opportunity to just be straight, frank, truthful, and honest with us so we can assess and and help you out. Because I think a lot of times people are just intimidated, and they don't want to say something because they don't want to feel like they're disappointing anybody or anything like that. But, okay, so for those of you that have never seen one of these before, I'm going to ask that everybody fill one of these out, and, and I'd like to do it here and now today, not right this second, but I want you to do it today and hand it in today because if they go home, they get lost, yada, yada, yada. Now, if you're absolutely struggling with what to put on here, yes, you can take it home. It's not like it has to be right here right now, but I do want to get one of these out of everybody, and the people that aren't here today, like I mentioned last week, I will go to them and, and collect that from them and and meet up with them. So I'm going to ask your name. Obviously, we want to know who you are, what you do for a living. We might not know that about some of you. And a, and a lot of times that can be a gift and a grace. You know, I do construction. So when we have projects out here, it just makes sense that I would be involved in them, you know, and help with those. 
Um, and, and gifting, interest, talents, you know, what are you into? You know, maybe, maybe you do a certain thing for a job, but as a hobby, you enjoy, you know, or something like that. Nate drives truck, but he enjoys tinkering with computers from time to time. Good to know, you know, and, and so, and then he also enjoys building smokers and smoking food. Well, he's cooked food for us out here before. If we never knew that about him, that opportunity is missed. So put as much or as little in there as you want, but the more the merrier. Uh, if you are serving in a current area, you write that down. Are you satisfied with current area? And no is an okay answer. So don't feel like I'm going to get this and go, oh, geez, they're just going to bail out on me. No, that's why we're doing this. This is an opportunity. Do you want to stay in that area? You know, maybe, maybe your answer is no, I'm not happy, but yes, I want to stay here. The reason I'm not happy is because I have some ideas. Or I can think we should be looking at things this way. You, got, you want to answer her question? Stryker's got a question. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. And then I want to know, where do you want to be? What, if you did have a place you want to pick, where would that be? You know, because, again, we want to work with you on it. So not, now, not everybody can be whatever, a greeter. So if every single person puts down a one on greeters, it's not going to work very well, obviously. We're going to have to move some things around. But it always seems to work out really good. So that's why I kind of want a first choice and a second choice. Because maybe the first choice, it's just not going to work so good. But at least we know what your second choice is. And I don't care if you put three, four, five on there and, and keep running the list. But at least a first choice and a second choice. Why do you believe this area you, you should serve in? And any comments? And please do put stuff on there. I mean, that is very helpful. Um, if there, especially if it's a no and things like that, so we can know why and what's going on. So I'm going to give you guys a quick rundown of each position, and, and so you kind of know what it is, especially for you guys that are newer here. You might not even know, you know, what some of these things are. You know, what, what does the nursery amount to? Do I got to be there in there every Sunday and, you know, this, that, and the other. So the greeters, obviously they come Sunday prior to service. We usually ask that they're here about 930 because we want them to be the first ones here, you know, and, and, and then they stay in there till about 10.05 just to make sure scragglers and things like that have somebody to greet them at the door. Um, they'll greet church members as they enter the church. They'll direct first-time uh, guests, you know, find, you know, get some information from them if they're willing to share a little bit just so we can get to know them, help them find a seat, show them the bathrooms, you know, give them a tour if they want, you know, things like that. Um, and usually these people serve once a month, maybe twice sometimes as they trade around and things like that. Um, the next one on there, off to the right, toddler teacher. Um, Sundays during service, they work with two and a half to preschool and children. Uh, I'm sorry, preschool age children. Lessons are taught to the kids on Sunday mornings, and they serve approximately once per month again. Um, then you go into children's church. You work with first through fifth grade children. Children's church is on Sundays during service uh, where a lesson is taught to the children. They serve approximately once one service a month as well. And we have like curriculums and things like that that you can go off of. It's not like you have to sit down and come up with your own lesson if you decide to serve in one of these areas. We have things that you can follow. You can come up with your own lesson and things as well. But it's not like we're just throwing you in there with a pack of wild children and saying good luck. We'll also train you and let somebody work with you and all that good jazz. The nursery is you work with the infants up to two years old, provide child care during service and the morning services. And again, it's about once a month, maybe um, just a little more often depending on how schedule works out. Um, 
in those three areas, we do require a background check. It's just an insurance thing. We're not snooping into your entire life. We just obviously want to make sure we don't put a sexual predator in one of those rooms. Uh, duh. So it's nothing, nothing to be afraid of or anything like that. We're not going to find out if you had a MIP when you were a kid and then judge you and throw you out. Or, Good golly, if you've seen my history. So, and yet here I stand. So obviously we're not real concerned about that. I repented. I've, so don't worry. It's not that I'm just out there doing my own thing. But anyway... Ushers and security, and we kind of put these two together, but they're kind of separated as well. There's different levels of this that go on, but they serve on Sundays and Wednesdays. They provide crowd control, collect offerings, catch during prayers lines, security, uh, oversee all operations during service. Um, I put on there's, you know, generally it's served two times per month. Um, we're kind of lacking in that department, so it's probably a little more often than that, but the guys we got are pretty passionate about it, and I really appreciate that. And I think that they're almost frustrated when they're not on the schedule, So, which is good. That's passion that, that is needed on something like that. The sound and technology team, serving Sundays and Wednesdays, which Wednesdays is real laid back with prayer and stuff. And a lot of times I just run it or whatever. But um, control the soundboard for the sound team, for the Harvest Church members, and for the Harvest Church members, create recordings of services, control slideshows, video presentations, etc. cetera. Uh, serving in this area starts generally around 8.30, 8.45 on Sundays and is completed shortly after service. Wednesday nights start about 6.30 and is completed shortly after service. Uh, serve about two times a month, and that's probably more than that as well because we've only got a handful of guys there that do that. Um, <clears throat> It's nothing to be intimidated by. It's not like we have some high-end computer system or soundboard back there. I mean, look at that old guy sitting up there right now. He don't know how to do his phone, but he's running the sound system. So come on. <laughs> that's my dad. I can do that. Anyway, but that's also learning how to rely on the grace of God. If you're asked to do something, God will grace you. God will anoint you. Right now, I'm probably the smartest person in this whole building about our sound system, and that, that's not normal. Trust me. I also don't know much about technology, but I do know about the grace of God. And when we started getting this new sound system and really had nobody take the lead, I said, God, this is all you. Show me what's going on. We've got to figure this out. And Grace, we got it. We're doing it. So anyway, moving on. Maintenance, there's general maintenance duties such as changing light bulbs, furnace filters, filling water softeners, and basic repairs in the buildings on the property. Uh, some of these duties are on schedule. Others arise as needed and helps ministers are, are in this category are called upon. So, you know, a lot of basic stuff going on. If we ever do work days and stuff, we kind of arrange that as a whole and, and, and organize that. But there's just a lot of little basic things that keep a building ticking like this. It don't just happen on its own. Groundskeeping during the summer months, once a week, the church grounds need to be sprayed for weeds. Takes approximately one hour to complete. Weed eating, eating excuse me, weed eating needs to be done, um, completed once a week. Uh, it takes about an hour. I'm not sure if I repeated myself there. Mowing is done once a week on the property. Riding mower is used to mow the ditch. The side lot over here and the big back lot takes about an hour, hour and a half. Uh, the push mower is used to do the front of each of the two buildings and takes about an hour as well. There are a lot of people on that list. We have a lot of people that mow, a lot of people that, that help with that. So it's not like it's something you have to do every week. 
Um, so we can organize schedules on that. Nate kind of heads that up as well and kind of helps manage that schedule and make sure the guys have what they need to get the job done. And then last but not least, when it comes to getting involved in helps ministry, and this is probably my, my biggest struggle to deal with. And so everybody just get your feet back up underneath the table because it's time for me to stomp a little bit is it is so important to be on time. It is so important to be on time. It is so important to be on time. And, and the reason I say that, especially like in these different areas like the nursery and the children's church and, and, and ushers and, and greeters, you know, if people come, a new person comes to church and there's nobody greeting at the door, it's instant confusion for them. That instant bad taste. Oh, crap. I'm confused. Where do I go? What do I, you know, is sanctuary this way? Is it that way? You know, if a parent's trying to drop off their children in one of the children's ministries and there's nobody there, it's confusion. Are, they, are we doing this today? Are we not? Do I take my kid with me? Do I, what's going on? And, and then sometimes, you know, there's double duties going on. A parent might need to chop a, drop a child off so they can get to their department so those parents can drop a child off and you see how it can snowball and just gets ugly. So I'll, I'll address it from right here as nicely as I can. Please be on time. Um, and I'm going to start picking on you. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Because it really need, we This is one thing that we're, I, I'm just, ugh, it's frustrating. It's just not there. Some of you do. Wonderful. So don't get me wrong. Not like everybody's there. And, and please don't walk out of here thinking, geez, you know, I might as well just quit and forget. It. It's not that either. You know, it's just we strive and desire excellence. We want to wreak excellence. When a new person comes, I want them to come in here and go, man, I, I instantly got greeted by somebody with a big smile and just a warm heart. I just know instantly that they want me here. And then they showed me where to go. I wasn't confused. And then here's these guys walking around, and I can tell their security or whatever. But you know what? They, they seemed really organized. They, they, they were really friendly. They weren't intimidating, but yet there's a peace that's been brought. You know, it can bring a peace to a room. I don't have to worry about chaos and confusion or anything like that and so on and so forth. So what time do I got? Because what I'd like to read here is clear back in 2013, I wrote some things down about, oh, I called it cast a vision. And I think I shared this back then. I don't even know if I actually ever did share it. But um, basically, I don't want to say it's like, it's not prophetic, but just what, what these departments should look like. And if you serve in these departments, this should kind of be your heartbeat behind it. So I'm going to read these off as we go through here. And I just, I'll call you guys out. So first off is on here is the greeters. So we got greeters in here, people who have greeted, things like that. A lot of you do. You rotate through, and maybe. And if you're thinking, no, hey, I want to be, be a greeter, here's, here's kind of what I see. I see greeters who recognize they are part of the first impression that a church goers have of the church. They understand that their smile, their hello, their warm welcome is part of preparation of the people's hearts into receiving the word of God. Greeters realize that they're representing God and his welcoming spirit into his house. 
I see those workers generally excited to see the faces of their fellow churchgoers. These workers understand they are the first person that newcomers will come in contact with, and they are a huge deciding factor in the return of those guests and in the understanding of these guests to know that God greatly desires for them to be here. I see a set of workers who ooze the joy of God, are fun to be around, and make entering the church an experience every time. You're not just standing there shaking a hand. You're not just opening a door. But I hope this stuff is kind of what's in your heart and how important it is. It's not just a greeter. You know, again, the biggest one that strikes me is the first impression of a new person that's coming. You have a huge possibility and potential to decide whether or not they're even coming back ever again. They might stay here for the whole hour and a half, but they've already decided because you slam the door in their face and boot them on in. You know, I mean, not that our people do that. Don't get me wrong, but it's just, it's just so much more to it. The second one is our, uh, excuse me, our toddler teachers. Those Bible stories that we all grew up with look, looked, looked away, locked away forever inside of us. How do they get there? One like David and Goliath, Father Abraham, Moses, etc. They get there by dedicated toddler workers who see the incredible opportunity of creating a foundation of biblical principles for the little lives that they oversee. While they are in their very first stages of able to learn and comprehend the Word of God, these dedicated teachers don't miss the chance to pump them full of the Word, which is able to save their little souls. A toddler teacher who passionately spends time preparing and advance illustrations, games, and other things that will get the kids to fall in love with learning about their Creator. You know, just those little... We've got two of them in there, and they are learning a ton from our toddler teachers. Really good stuff every day they come home with. Children's church. I see a team of children's church workers whose hearts are sold out to the cause of teaching the kids biblical truths that are able to equip them for a world that is so rapidly changing around them from fairy tale to reality. They are moving from the ease of a toddler to a responsible child entering into a world that wants to teach them crude, cruel, and vulgar things, a world that wants to rip away their purity. But we have teachers who know this, know that it doesn't have to be that way, who know that they can teach faith, salvation, strength, evangelism, etc. to these kids, giving them a hope, a future, a way. Teachers who recognize that the time and energy they sacrifice preparing messages, dealing with wound-up, unruly kids, and giving up their opportunity to sit in regular service and hear the word is a small price to pay to see children's lives changed by the word of God, to see children sharing their faith with others outside of the church, to see children born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's why I love Children's Church. It's an opportunity. And I hope you parents that have children in this age kind of look at that as well. And anyway, we go on and go on. I, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but if you wonder why you're doing what you're doing, come see me. I'd glad to share something with you and encourage you. Because let's go back to kind of what I said earlier about the heart's attitude. We mentioned that are you coming to church and are you serving, you know, even coming to church, period. Oh, it's Sunday. I got to go to church. Oh, I better go to church. They'll probably be looking for me. Or, oh, this morning I, gotta, I got to serve in the toddlers or I got to serve in the nursery or, oh, I got to go early because I got to scoop the snow or whatever it might be. I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to. Or do I get to? 
You know, again, just like Abe shared this morning, what's your expectation? You know, do you want to do you want to serve God because you just know how what a blessing it is to to bless others and and to serve others and let alone just serve God? I mean, it's a heart's attitude. And so there are three main portions of scripture that talk about helps ministry. And I want to show you something that I just discovered this time. I've seen it in the one before, and I've taught on that before, but I never realized it's riddled within all three of them. And I'm not going to have you turn to forsake a time because they're all large chunks, just like 1 Corinthians 12 is the entire chapter dedicated to helps ministry. Well, the first one is in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 10, and you can write this down and go check it out later. And it talks again about the different giftings, the callings, the 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 necessity of the body of Christ functioning together. But I want to read to you verses 9 and 10, and I want to show you what should our motivation be to serve. What should be the reason that we want to serve at the local church? We want to serve our fellow brethren, that we want to serve God, that we want to serve the sinner, and, and the different the whole the whole point is to doing it. So Romans Chapter 12, verses 9 and 10 says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, be kindly affectionate to one another. Love. You start seeing this. So Ephesians 4, the whole whole big portion of Scripture there, but I want to read to you 16. It talks, again, the exact same stuff about the body of Christ. And in 16, it says, From whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Catching a theme? So then you go to 1 Corinthians 12, and again, that entire chapter is about the... uh, I'm still there, about the body of Christ, how it's to function together, how we're not to think higher of ourselves than other parts of the body. We're not to try and create schisms in the body and fight amongst each other and all these different things and laying it all out. And at the end of that chapter, are you guys still there in 1 Corinthians 12? At the end of that chapter, he goes on and talks about you know, how everybody's not the exact same thing. We're not all called to do the same thing. Desire the best gifts, but in verse Let's just start in verse 30, in twelve thirty. Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts. He's telling us, go after the best ones. Yeah, desire them. We want to we wanna be used by God in the greatest ways that we can get our hands on. But, he goes to say, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Well, just because it goes from chapter 12 to chapter 13 doesn't mean that all of a sudden he's done talking about what he's talking about, right? And then we go into 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and where and what setting do you always hear 1 Corinthians chapter 13 quoted? Anybody? Weddings. It's always at a wedding. Always. And yes, that's what it's talking about and applies there, but you could deem this as the wedding scripture and nobody would ever think nothing about it. Well, he's talking about the body of Christ. And that applies to spiritual marriage, but it has to do with the body of Christ. Right here, this room, 
plus those that are others that are out there. But if we're talking about Harvest Church, everybody in this room, this is what he's talking about and how we all function and fit together. And yet I show you a more excellent way. 13 verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. I don't want to just be noise up here. I don't want to just be noise to the children up there when I'm teaching in children's church. And though I speak with the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could move mountains, but I I have not love, I am nothing. It's pointless. It's absolutely pointless. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned. Do we do do another crude joke? No, we'll move on. Everybody lighten up. But I have not love. It profits me nothing. It profits me nothing. So, why why be motivated to serve at Harvest Church? Because, no, we're not paying you. That's not what it's about. That's what you're motivated for. If we paid you and you were getting, you know, hey, I can make a buck on Sunday mornings. Yeah, that's not good. That's not the heart's attitude we want. But we want to be motivated by love. Love for one another. Love for the word of God. Love for our pastor. Love for God himself. And when we start recognizing that, it gets real easy. It doesn't become work. Yeah, but Pastor Brad, I hate people. I know. I know. There's, there's that issue, right? I hate people. You know, I heard a joke once that church would be great if it wasn't for the people. You know, that was a joke of a pastor saying that. Don't worry, it wasn't this one. But but he probably has said that. But the point is, it kind of shows a, a, a wrong thinking about the issue, right? And our motivation needs to be love. And And you know what? There are people that, you'll deal with that it's hard not to get to that thing called hate. You know, we're dealing with a situation, and I'll say it very briefly with a bio father, and man, am I frustrated. But what good's it going to do me to get into hate? God never told me to go hate on him. I ain't going to fix it. <clears throat> And I know the will of God in this situation. So why would I, why would I get so frustrated? Shame on me. <laughs> but I'm working on that. And I, and, I, and I believe God's doing a work in my heart. And it's amazing how much grace I suddenly am getting. But regardless, it'll work itself out if I walk in love and not get into something stupid and fleshly. It's not going to fix it. So we need to be motivated by love for each other, by love for the word, and love for God, and love for the sinner. And though you might hate people, how do you fix that? What are you going to do? I get it. I get it. There are people that drive me nuts, drive me insane, and I just I would rather just strangle than to deal with them. You know what I mean? <clears throat> Speak. Speak to the mountain. Speak to your heart. Deal with it. Speak the word of God. Say, no, I don't hate that person. 
Move that mountain. Yeah. Move it. Get it out of there. It's easy to overcome. And, and at first you might be thinking, well, this ain't doing any good. You start speaking to your heart and suddenly your attitude will change to that situation. Your attitude will change towards that person or whatever it is that you're dealing with. So don't just succumb to it and allow it. Same with fear in the days that we're dealing with right now. It's the same thing. Get a hold of a scripture, speak it, and move that mountain. Get that out of there because there's no reason for it. I could not be more ecstatic about what's going on in this nation, truly. And it don't look good if you start absorbing it with your natural eyes. You know, you start seeing the, the pen just every day, swinging and swinging and swinging and another order and another order. And, boy, tear it down, tear it down. So what? God ain't done. I don't care how mighty that pen might look and how powerful they might think they are. They are nothing compared to my God. Amen. Amen. So anyway, now I want to take a minute and go back to the surveys and give you an opportunity. Do you guys, does anybody need a pen? Because I, will you check, Mike? I believe there's a bunch in that office there. And fill this out. And I, I want to do it right here, right now, if you can. I'm not saying you have to, and I'm not saying you have to serve at Harvest Church. I encourage you to, but I'm not going to make you do this. But I encourage you to because of the, you're missing out. That's all it boils down to. But I want to see you blessed. I want to see you functioning in the gifts and the graces that God has put within you. I don't have time. I didn't have time to go through all the scriptures about the giftings of God and things like that. You know, that's for another time and another place, but I don't care who you are, what you've done, where you've been. God has called you, God has gifted you, and God has graced you, and you might not even know what's on the inside of you yet, but it's there. And so I want you to take this opportunity to fill this out. And if you don't know what you want to do here, that's fine. Just put willing and able. We can work with that too, you know. So everybody take a minute. Does anybody have any questions about it? Yes. Oh, good call. I'm sorry. I did miss that. Um, so like the toddlers, teachers, the children's workers, and the nursery, we ask that you are here 15 minutes before service starts. And understand as a parent bringing your children, if you're here at 20, 20 till or 25 till, there won't be somebody there, and you can't necessarily be upset with that. We're only requiring them to be there at quarter till. Now, if you have a lesson to prepare and things like that, obviously you can come earlier and get set up and all that good jazz. But we do require that those three departments, toddlers, children's teachers, and nursery are in their position ready to go at quarter to till. Um, so keep that in mind if you were to want to sign up on something like that. Now, also note that the worship team is not on there. That one we use a, a heavier level of discretion, if you want to call it that. But if you, if you sense that that's something that's on your heart, come talk to us. Come talk to Abe. Come talk to me. Come talk to Pastor. Put it on the paper. That's perfectly fine. It's just that we don't necessarily... <laughs> well, if you can play the drums, because I can't necessarily sing. But, <laughs> but yeah. 
you know, we're not going to put anybody up there because they feel like this week I want to sing a song to everybody. You know, that's not really the goal. But Sit down, Bradley. Amen. Everybody, pretty pretty well done. God's moving, no doubt. God wants to move this church up another level. And uh, if you'll look in the Bible, for the sake of time, I won't read it, but in Mark it talks about the feeding of the multitude, the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus had them sit down in ranks by 50s and 100s. And then he looked up to heaven, he blessed the bread, the fish, they handed it out, and they had a what? Miracle. And yes, prayer precedes miracles, but also the organization does. You need to organize for a miracle. You need to prepare for a miracle. That's what we're doing here. We're preparing for the days ahead. And God, you know, you look at that. This church is a remnant church. There's churches out there that are big and have a lot of numbers, but that doesn't mean they're effective. And and uh, we've done a lot. And as Kathy told me to, to mention, through the year we'll have different events, different things that will need help. Okay. But the one thing that I, I want you to see is, and I'm going to do this, and we'll end with this today, that uh, Pastor Brad's done a lot of things here at church. He's He's been in the, you can't read that, I'll read it for you. It's his associate pastor. Then it says drummer. Then it says contractor. Then it says, let's go hunting. No, let's, it says helps. Helps. Then it says soundboard. Then it says, well, soundboard, let's do this one first. This is sound. Soundboard, he's a, he's a soundboard for me because when you don't do your job, I gripe and complain to him. He's my sounding board. Then it's children's church, okay? So walk into me like that someday. So there, there's a lot of hats here, and he's wearing too many. There's certain ones that are important right now in his children's church pastor, Okay? There's there's other ones here that are that are vital and um, contractors one hat that he needs to wear. Drummer. Yes, someday we'll have a drummer Um, associate pastor. All those are important, but he can't wear them all. 
And um, so I, I'm telling you that, that in the days ahead, some of you are going to have to do more than you're doing. It's a small church, and that means we have to. I scooped the walks yesterday. Did I have to do that? No, but you know me, I'm nervous. The Barney Fife gets on me. It's got to get done. Some You laugh because you know Barney. See, some of you don't know. So those days are gone, and part of me is saying, just wait till tomorrow. Somebody will do it. Well, I did it, and then the sidewalk's melted, and it's not going to have ice underneath it. So in the days ahead, folks, we're going to have to, you're, lots going to be expected of you. You new folks, God bless you. I believe you're, God brought you here because I only ask God to send the ones that they're going to hook up with the vision of the church. Wonderful, I'm here. Well, if you've been here more than two or three weeks, I believe God sends you. I don't care your, what your past is. When you got Jesus, your past is gone. Your future's bright. So, that little example right there, I'm, I want you to, that to sink in. He can't do it all anymore. Now, on his part, you're going to have to learn to delegate. You can, learn, you can do better. Um, you're going to have to get on people. And he's like me. If it don't get done, who does it? I used to look up here, the flies and the fixtures. A few years ago, I would have done it, but I, that's one thing you have to worry about. You do it. Um, I ain't going to get up on that ladder. Okay? So, folks, do what God's called you to do. Do it with the right heart's attitude, just as he shared. Take some of the load off of him. And you might have to go say, Pastor Brad, now, you can't do that. I'm going to have to do it. You're going to have to learn how to delegate. You're going to have to let Micah go with the security. He's good at what he does. Some of you others are good at what you do. Okay? Amen? There's a guy back there. He's way in the back corner there. He's a lawyer. He's retired, par partially retired. But you know what he's done for this? You know, he's not doing some of those other things. He's doing what he's good at. And it takes the load off of Kathy and I. So, are we ready? Let's stand up. Father, I bless these people today in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the supernatural ministry of helps. Lord, if there's people that need to make adjustments in the days ahead and do something different, then so be it. If there's people here today, Lord, and that aren't even here, I pray by the Spirit of God they'll recognize and discern what part they are to play in the body here at Harvest Church, and they'll do it with the right heart's attitude. Thank you, Lord, for the harvest that's ripe. Our eyes are open to see that harvest and win that harvest to Christ. We thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and mercy today. And all God's people said, okay, he's done. God bless you. Amen. Learn, to, learn to laugh, would you? And enjoy life. Go ahead. You want to hand your survey to... Carl, would you mind being back there? Just hand it to Carl on your way out. Um, if you have any questions, I'm going to hang out right here. Come, come say hi. God, God bless. bless you. Have Thank a good week. You.